everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Oi with a Terror Already. I'm one of your hosts, Danielle. And I'm your other host, Sandra. Did you introduce Tim? Tim! Tim, tell your story. No! He's so fluffy. Oh yeah, so my dad saw a mom bear and two cubs in front of their house today. I think that's the same mama bear and cubs that, like, have been seen all around the neighborhood. Maybe. My dad also saw a bear about a year ago when he went on a walk, and it was definitely the same kind of bear. So it could have been the mom pre-cubs. I just, like, I asked my dad about it because one of my, like, childhood friends, like, moms who still lives in our town, like posted a video on Instagram of I think the same mama bear and her babe too because she had two like little cubs because hmm. they um they keep bees so and they have honey oh they keep going after the honey yeah so I guess <laughs> and I think like the mama bear got like stung by a bee and like ran off Aww. but um I was watching like the video and I texted my dad and I was like dad like there are bears in the neighborhood and he's like Sandra there have always been bears in the neighborhood and I was like oh well, I've never seen them. He's like, yeah, because they usually like they're not usually walking around, but like they're in the area. And I was like, oh, I feel stupid now. Okay, that's interesting. I- I've never seen one at all, like living at my parents' house. But then I was like thinking to myself, like maybe people are noticing them more because more people are home working remotely or whatever. So maybe it's just getting maybe. noticed more now. But. I don't know. I told my parents this theory. They're like, oh, no, that can't be it. I like your theory that you texted me. Yeah. The bears are just moving in. There are a lot of for sale signs on the houses. There are. And the housing market is horrible right now. So. Mm-hmm. But. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. You and you and Dave lucked out. <laughs> Trying to make bear puns. <laughs> Call Leslie, get her in the podcast. <laughs> Our first live call. Yeah, she'll be like, what is she happening? Five bear puns, sat. <laughs> She's been training for this moment. She would, she's the one that would be able to, like, do it, though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's see. My oi of the week is when I was visiting my dad and stepmom in Connecticut over the weekend for Father's Day, and we had Monday off because Juneteenth. So we decided to go on his boat on Saturday, which it was fun. Like, it was a good, you know, it was a good time. It was just really windy, so it was, like, kind of crazy. But my oi is that when we were leaving the dock, my dad had to back the boat out of like the dock area and into like the open it's not it's the sound so it's like not really open water and i've only been on this boat once before so this is only my second time being on the boat and right as we're leaving he yells out we are going to crash and i'm thinking to myself i have nothing to hold on to i'm just gonna go in the water we didn't crash we were fine But he was, like, so, like, anxious and nervous, which is understandable because he did have to, like, back it out and his boat's kind of tricky. But I was also just looking at my dad, like, maybe next time don't yell we're going to crash when we're not even, like, out of the dock area yet. Does he do this every time? (laughs) I don't know. I've only been on the boat twice. I can't confirm. But my stepmom, she got so mad at him because he was so anxious. And she's like, if you keep this up, like, we're just going to turn the boat around. Like, we're not even going to go out. So I was like, this is interesting. Like, I'm fine Mm. with either. I'm fine with going back in, but I'm also fine with, like, staying out. I don't care. But, yeah, it was just, like, that moment where I just look at my dad and I'm like, oh, no, we are related. (laughs) Because, like, I have similar moments of freaking out, but I don't – I wouldn't yell out that, but, like – I have similar like yeah. mannerisms and it was just that oh crap moment I am I am my father's daughter and mm-hmm. I'm glad we didn't crash and yeah it was just a very stressful like four hours out on well, the boat. When we go on the boat on the lake Dave and I won't yell out we were going to crash <laughs> as we're driving. Yeah. <laughs> Sandra's dad what kind of boat is it it's a 
sailboat. It's a like sail- a 40 foot sailboat. Her dad started saying we're going to crash as he was trying to he was like, trying to dock out of the dock. He was trying to get out, out of the dock. dock. It happens. And got scared. My dad crashed the boat into the dock once. Did he yell we're going to crash or did he just do it? I think he just did it. <laughs> Someone did. I think it was him. Went in too fast, but the dock, like, so the dock frame is attached to land, kind mm-hmm. of. But, like, individual pieces can move. So if the boat hits it, it doesn't, like, destroy everything. It'll, like, there's, like, a little bit of give. You kind of like bounce off. Yeah. I think I vaguely remember that. I think it was nighttime. Yeah. That was the last time he was allowed to drive. Put the headlights on at night and drove in circles real fast. <laughs> Dave's putting his dad on blast. Anyway, back to your oi. That was one of my oi's, my big oi of the weekend. I was just like, okay, I'm glad we didn't crash. But he did. He did do a very good job. It was a very tricky way to get out, and I didn't know what was happening. And Amy, my stepmom, and my dad are like yelling all this like sailing jargon at each other, and I'm like, I don't know what any of this means. So, the mast. Yeah, I was just glad I was wearing a life jacket. <laughs> we'll just go with that. So, what's your oi of the week? I don't know. Nothing too big. Oh, I finally tried making an appointment for. I found this like virtual counseling thing online. It's mm-hmm. basically therapy. And it's a place that's not far from me, so I could drive to it, but they offer virtual or in person. Right. So I had this like the way they have people schedule appointments, I guess. You do a whole back and forth with like the I don't know, whoever the administratory mm-hmm. person is and she schedules it, like she checks everyone's schedules and does it that way. So somehow I emailed her back and forth a few times and I somehow scheduled myself to have a virtual session at one o'clock on a day when I was working in the office. (laughs) I don't know how this happened. (laughs) The only thing I can think of is I just like saw the date she suggested and thought it was a different day or thought Mm -hmm. it was on a day when I would be home because I figured it's an hour so I could just probably make it my lunch when I'm working from home. Yeah. So I get a text from her at like 110 basically like, oh, did you know you were supposed to have like a session 10 minutes ago? And I was like, no. So then that made me feel really weird and bad. I was like, oh, no, I missed everything. I don't know. But then she was like fine with it. She was like, oh, just let me know when a good day and time is. And I was like, "Okay, cool. So. I rescheduled it for a day and time where it should work, but it's just like weird because it was like this was supposed to be my first ever mm-hmm. like therapy type thing, and I got the wrong day. And then also she like she asked me, "Oh, did you get the virtual link like to join the meeting or whatever?" And I was like, "No, actually, I don't think I did." But this was also on a day where. Apparently, my data was being slower than usual. So anytime I tried doing anything on my phone, it was taking a really long time to load. So I was checking my emails and I wasn't getting anything when I tried finding this virtual meeting. So I think that was also a reason why I was like, oh, I forgot and didn't realize this was happening because I had booked it like one or two weeks before and then never got an email like, oh, here's your meeting link. Mm-hmm. So... I don't yeah. think it's totally on me, but it's just like, like, oh, okay, I missed it. Now what? <laughs> You're also like, great, like first meeting, great first right. impression. Yep. Yeah, I've I've been there many times where it's like, oh shoot, I forgot. I thought that was like tomorrow or like next week. I didn't realize it was today. Yeah. So. And I'm like, I probably don't want to try to do this in my car and then go back in the office. <laughs> like that's yeah. Probably not a good idea. Probably not the best decision. Yeah. But I guess it's fine now. I guess my other oi is I took a bath after work. And I use this, the Dr. Teal's bath salts. Mm -hmm. And it was a fresh bag. And I opened it and I was pouring it in. And somehow I lost the grip and half the bath salts. And it's like a three pound (laughs) bag went into the bathtub. 
And now I smell very fragrant. <laughs> Dave came home because he wasn't even home when it happened. He came home like a half hour after and he's like, what does that smell? And I was like, it's the bath salts. It smells. So. Oh, oh damn. <laughs> it literally like fell in the bag fell in the water. So. But I still have half the bag. That's good. And you smell you smell good, so you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say like I opened like what I thought was a new bag and it smelled horrible, but I don't know if bath salts like expire or not. I don't know. I'm not sure. I would say probably not. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to have to get some more soon. But it's also going to get, like, really hot anyway. You don't really take baths in July or August, so. I mean, you can. (laughs) Yeah, like, just wait for the water (laughs) to get colder. Just, like, wait, you know. So it's, like, cool, not, like, burning. But, Mm. yeah. I was just going to randomly say, it's not an oil or anything, but I'm getting my hair colored on Saturday, so I'm excited Mm. for that. It's been a while. I don't know. Last a month before the wedding, so like it's almost a year. Septemberish or August, probably. Yeah, so I'm excited for that. Was there? I feel like there was. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of like your hairstylist for the wedding, but wasn't there some like hair drama last year when you were trying to get it done? Or am I thinking of somebody else? I might be thinking. Oh, you mean for the like civil ceremony type thing? Yeah. Yeah, that was like. I don't know. I think initially I was just like, oh, I'm just going to wing it, blah, blah, blah. But then we went to this hair place. We had the wedding at my parents' house. So we went to this hair place. Like, we've been to a few times before. And I don't even remember how it went wrong. But the woman just, like, started blow drying. Basically used a blow dryer for, like, 30, 40 minutes on my hair. And made it look like a kind of, like, helmet <laughs> Like, she got it straight, like, but I have naturally curly hair. I think it was okay. I knew I wanted my hair to be different for the bigger wedding, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But, like, yeah, she did it kind of, like, basically blow-dried it, used a, used a ton of hairspray. So I feel like it was kind of like an old-school-type method or something. Like, So I wasn't that impressed. And she was also the owner of the salon, too. So I was like, I thought you would be better than this. Yeah, it's also just, like, because I have friends that have, like, hair like yours and even curlier, and I've seen them when they blow dry it, and it's just, it's a a wild look. Yeah, it's, like, if you do it the right way, Mm -hmm. it can look, like, kind of sleek and straight and nice, but I feel like sometimes if you use a blow drying, like, keep brush, like, basically teasing it. I think for people who have curly hair, it's just automatically will make it look like frizzy doing it that way. Like, I think my mom does something like that and it works for her because she always like tries to get her hair to look kind of like bigger, I guess. But like for me, yeah, it like just looks kind of funny. So, but I guess it came out okay. Like, those types of hairstyles, the longer, Mm -hmm. like as the day goes on, it gets flatter and flatter. Yeah, that's true. So by the time like the photos rolled around, it's kind of like a half updo type thing. I remember. So like the bottom down part looked slightly curled, and then the top part kind of was just like I don't know. Yeah, pompadour. <laughs> I don't know what the right <laughs> word is. <laughs> I had a nice quaff. <laughs> it looked, from what I remember from watching the ceremony, it looked good. So. <laughs> But yeah, I was very happy about the other wedding hair. Yeah, your hair is really pretty at the wedding. Mm, It came out well. Yeah, that's actually like big thing I feel like is like your hair and your makeup and stuff. But it's so easy now on like just like Instagram to find Mm -hmm. people that way. So that's basically how I found all my vendors. It's pretty, (sighs) pretty good. So I'm going first. You are. You are going first this week. So, as I mentioned, it's in another different direction, this topic. Uh, So, I think I mentioned in other episodes, I've always been interested in kind of like the 
unspoken about parts of history, like the more like salacious types. So I think this falls under that category and it even includes nobility. Have you heard of Joanna the Mad or Juana la Loca? No, I haven't. So most recently, she was talked about in an episode from 2019 from the show The Spanish Princess. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it. It's on Stars, I guess. I've heard of it. I have think I like it's on my list to watch. Yeah, I saw a clip of the show and I was like, I feel like this is a show we would probably both enjoy. There are just so many shows out now. Like, how do you watch and they're all on stars. Like, mm. there's that one. There's another new show about Queen Elizabeth, like the first that I'm like, another oh, that one? looks interesting. Yeah. Why is she so like, everyone's like, have to make another Queen Elizabeth show. That's what the public is asking for. There are so many shows about I her don't know. And movies. But it's like, there's so, there's so many, like, I love Queen Elizabeth, but, like, there's so many other, especially, like, in the that era, there's so many other people that, like, you could, like, focus on. So, but, yeah, I know there's that one, which looks good, but I haven't watched it yet. Hmm. Who's in it? Um, I just know one of the girls from Game of Thrones is in it. She played Lyanna Mormont. She plays, like, one of the friends or something. Oh, I think you may have told me about that. Yeah, she plays not one. I don't know if she's a main character, but yeah. she's definitely in it. But I don't recognize anybody else, unfortunately. But anyway, can continue. <laughs> oh, actually, there is a connection with Elizabeth in a way. Okay. In my, with my topic. Interesting. <laughs> okay, so she was born on November 6th, 1479. She was Queen of Castile from 1504 and Aragon from 1516. She was the older sister of Catherine of Aragon. And because of this, her brother-in-law was King Henry VIII. Catherine's marriage was well known for being very tumultuous and led Henry to start a religious revolution but it was actually Juana's sister, or it was actually Catherine's sister, Juana, who found herself in an uncontrollable and difficult situation. Juana was the third child and second daughter of Queen Elizabeth I of Castile and King Ferdinand II of Aragon. Her parents were a pretty big deal because it was their marriage that united the territories around Castile and Aragon to create the Kingdom of Spain. The Castile and Aragon were still functioning as separate countries and had their own political and governmental structures. Even though Ferdinand and Isabella ruled over Spain, Ferdinand held no legal claim over Castile, and Isabella, or Isabel, yes, uh, did not have any over Aragon. Uh, it was these de- details that would forever determine the trajectory of Juana's life. Also, her mother, Isabel I, was a devout Catholic and was a big factor in starting the Spanish Inquisition. So, not really known to be a nice or generous lady. Basically, the Spanish Inquisition was when all the Jewish people in Spain were forced to either leave Spain or convert to Catholicism. It started in 1478. Juana was known to be less religious and was regularly punished by her mother because of this fact. It was thought that Juana would never ascend to the throne as she had an older sister, Princess Isabella and brother Prince Juan. At the same time, she was brought up in the same way as a future queen with being educated in politics, languages, and music. It was thought that Juana would form a powerful alliance with one of Spain's allies when she was to get married. And the wedding came in the form of a two-part deal from Maximilian I of Austria. His oldest son and heir, Philip the Fair, or Philip the Handsome, and that was the photo I sent you. He was known as Philip the Fair or Philip the Handsome. That was Philip the Fair. I'm going to have to go back and look at it again. (laughs) Yeah. uh, 
I don't even know how to explain how he looked. Wait, let me let me pull it up. I feel like he looked they looked like he had red hair or they just I feel like also he, any person from this <laughs> he doesn't look too like he has a fair skin, yeah. I'll give him that. But he just he looks like a moody He's teenager. no Timothy Chalamet or anything. Oh. He just looks like a moody He kind of I guess like maybe like Michael Sarah but with straight red hair that's long. And then like a little a little cap is how I would explain it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's got like a good pair of lips, I guess. Like they're like they're full and they're like even. His nose is straight, so there's that. Like, I don't know. He just he doesn't Yeah, I mean look oh, I don't know. There were always different things that define beauty, so maybe this was one of the not popular periods. I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. apparently, like, King Henry VIII was also in his time supposed to be, like, super, super gorgeous. And I've seen photos and I'm just like, nah. Yeah, I have heard that about him more. Because, like, when I see, look at portraits of the, mm-hmm. these people, like, royals around the time, sometimes I literally Google their names and physical description just to see if I can find if there's any written record documenting what they actually looked like. Mm-hmm. And I have seen various accounts saying that King Henry VIII was known to be handsome when he was young. But when I tried doing that with the Philip the Fair guy, I could not find that. <laughs> so I don't right. know what that means, but... All right. <laughs> so Philip the Fair was supposed to marry Juana, and then Maximilian I's daughter... Margaret was supposed to marry Juana's brother, Juan. So it was a two-part marriage agreement. Um, 16-year-old Juana sailed to Flanders, accompanied with a fleet of over 100 ships in August 1496. The trip took longer than initially expected because of stormy weather. She finally met her fiancé two months later. Actually, and also, like, this made me wonder what sailing in 1496 for two months was like, and it was probably bad, I'm assuming. (laughs) I would probably get so seasick. Ugh. Yeah, I think. From Spain to Flanders. Oh, I have a map above my head. (laughs) Dave, if I were to sail from Spain to Flanders, where would that... What would that look like? It took two months in 1496. There to there. They probably could have, I don't know, walked and it would have been faster. <gasps> Burn. No. I don't know. There's stormy weather. It's not that far. Yeah. Interesting. How much is it on the map? Is it like this much? <laughs> yeah, he held up like a, what, like a three or four inch. Not even. So apparently the two royals were immediately smitten when they met and they demanded to be married immediately. They would go on to have six children, one of them being Charles V, who would become King of Spain and the Holy Roman Emperor Ferdinand. He succeeded his brother as Holy Roman Emperor and four daughters who would all become queens, Eleanor, Elizabeth, Queen of Denmark, Maria, Queen of Hungary, and Catherine, who married the successor of her sister, Eleanor's husband, to become Queen of Portugal. Uh, their Their relationship was full of ups and downs, as Philip remained consistently unfaithful to Juana, This would cause his wife to fall into periods of depression and fits of rage, which initially led people to start discussing her mental state. When Juana's older brother and sister both died, she became the Queen of Castile. Her brother Juan died of an illness in the fall of 1497, and his wife Margaret of Austria was pregnant, but her child was a stillborn. Then Isabella of Austria died in childbirth shortly after. Her son, Prince Miguel, died at the age of two. 
This left Juana as heir to Castile and Aragon. Juana held more power because of this in political circles, and her husband, Philip, would use this to his advantage and began fighting over more control. The couple fought openly, and Philip would have Juana confined to her room repeatedly. Juana would respond by refusing to eat or sleep as a form of protest. On November 26, 1504, Juana became Queen of Castile. Philip and Juana's father, Ferdinand II, wanted to control Castile, but Isabella did not think the people of Castile would be accepting of a foreign king and thought that Philip would act as consort to Juana. Unless she was unfit to rule, in which case Ferdinand, her father, would take over as regent until Juana's son Charles was old enough to rule. Ferdinand then decided to start a campaign claiming to everyone his daughter that his daughter was in- incompetent to rule over Castile. He also asserted his own ability to rule. Juana and Philip found themselves in England in 1506 en route to dispute these claims, so Philip could be the one getting the power. Juana, at this point, was reunited with her sister Catherine, who at this point was widowed by her husband, Prince Arthur, and had not yet married his younger brother, Henry VIII. If people don't know that, Henry VIII was married. His first wife was his older brother's widow, um, which seems like a common thing in those days. So Henry VII, his father supported Philip's desire to take control of Castile from Ferdinand. Shortly after the show of support, Ferdinand agreed to cede Castile in exchange for military and monetary support. Philip had more plans to control his power over diminishing his wife's power. This was until his sudden death in 1506. Juana was reportedly so overwhelmed by his death that she refused to leave his body for months. Without her husband in the picture, Juana's father and son both asserted their positions over the vulnerable widow and continued their campaign in proving that Juana was mentally ill. In July 1507, Juana gave up her seat on the throne of her father. She never showed an interest in governance, but there were suggestions that the decision was not based slowly from Juana. Ferdinand had his daughter placed at the royal palace and in Tordesillas in 1509 with her youngest daughter, Catherine. While she was there for seven years, her father visited her twice. Ferdinand died in 1516, which officially made Juana the Queen of Castile and Aragon. Her son Charles became the one in charge of looking over his supposedly mad mother. He tried to remove his sister, 11-year-old Catherine, from his mother, but he brought her back after Juana stopped eating in protest. For some reason, Charles didn't allow anyone to tell his mother of her father Ferdinand's death. So she became even more isolated than before. At one point, Juana was actually freed by rebels who wanted her to be the rightful Queen of Castile after Charles became Holy Roman Emperor in 1509. But she was uncooperative, and after a year, she was returned to the palace. Once Charles regained control, he did remove Catherine so she was able, she could marry King John III of Portugal. Juana remained in the palace for 30 more years until her death in April 1555 at the age of 75. Although speculation of her mental illness ran rampant throughout her life, there are scholars who believe she either had depression, schizophrenia, or bipolar disorder, This is not out of the realm of possibilities, as Juana's maternal grandmother, Isabel of Portugal, was known to face her own psychological issues, including paranoia. At the same time, it's difficult to, like, disregard that 
all the men in her life who were trying to control her and get all the power, it's likely that they were able to persuade people of her mental decline. So it remains unclear if she actually was unwell or if she just maybe didn't have an interest in ruling. So her husband and father just tried going with that. So like the the first time I read about Juana La Loca or Juana the Crazy, the Mad, was in this book I have called, it's literally called Mad Royals. And it's just like little snippets, like there's like George V, there's, I don't know, a bunch of different people. And I don't know, just like when I read her story, it just intrigued me, like, she was able to produce all these kids, was in a maybe not totally happy marriage, but was really in love with her husband, which at that time wasn't that common also. It was seemed like almost a love match, even though he had affairs. So like... But then that all changed basically when he died. So like, I don't know, it's interesting to wonder, like, maybe if he didn't die, I don't know, maybe they would have tried to control things equally. Or if he just had control, maybe she wouldn't have been locked away in the palace. Like, what would have happened if he didn't die? And not like she maybe had more say or control over things like yeah, it's definitely interesting to kind of think about, like, if she were alive today and if, like, we still had all of the monarchies, which we do for, I think, a lot more countries than people realize. But I'm surprised that she lived till 75. Like, that's I know. Pretty, it's a pretty, even if you have, like, mental issues or, like, right. not fully mentally stable, like, that's a very good age for back then to live to. Yeah. Usually it's, like, 45 or, like. 35 i know that's insane like i was during while i was saying that like i was reading all the people that died during childbirth and all like the young kids that died so like that seems like a common thing but then at the same time apparently people lived to be in their 70s like how does that make sense i don't know but yeah she had six kids i think or something like that like and I guess they all yeah. lived. They all, do they all live until like adults? Seems like it. So that's that's um, the other thing that's rare too is if they had that many kids and they all lived until at least like eighteen or what is considered adult for that time period. Yeah, I'm curious about her youngest daughter who actually was like hidden with her. So her Charles lived to be fifty eight, so slightly younger. Okay. And then oh, they actually all have portraits of each of them. Her daughter lived to be 73. All right, it's pretty good. Yeah, and then, like, yeah, what did their her kids think? Like, her son was fine with her being locked away? Like, that seems sad. I mean, I feel uh. like royal children, especially back then, had such, like, a different lifestyle that, like, if mm-hmm. they saw their parents... Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe Catherine was just happy she was able yeah. to see her mom. Because and- I feel like that's kind of rare for, like, kids to, like, actually see and, like, hang out with their parents. Because um, I just, I don't don't think that was the norm anyway. Imagining people hanging out back then. <laughs> like, what would they do? I guess read. So. Read, talk about current events. Play the harpsichord. Yeah. Tea. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's like I try to imagine on like Bridgerton like I guess like so drink tea read books go to events go to parties try to marry your children off by the time they're 18 I don't know but yeah so that's Juana of Castile interesting I was totally expecting there to be like a big like murder or something and as usual no 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 no, not this week which might actually be good because I think your story last week was or one of the previous weeks was a little a little tough. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I went with this. And then my next topic also is not really too heavy either. So that's good. But inadvertently has to do with Nazis, which somehow is a recurring theme in my life. But <sighs> okay. Anyway. <laughs>
guess we'll go over to mine. So I think the only, so the reason why I texted you the hint that I did was because I knew if I texted you a photo, you would know what this was like right away. Hmm. Is it the Winnie the Pooh horror movie? No. (laughs) (laughs) Not this week. So I texted you that it's somewhere that you and I like went to in Salem, which it is. So this week I am talking about the Ropes Mansion. I don't know if you remember it. Yeah, that was the one I was curious about. Oh, (laughs) where we got the penny or quarter. Yep, and it's also featured as... Allison's house on um in the movie Hocus Pocus. So oh, yeah. If you all have seen Hocus Pocus, you have seen what the Ropes Mansion looks like. So the Ropes Mansion was actually built by Samuel Bernard in the later 1720s. Um unfortunately, we don't there's little to be known about Samuel Bernard except that he was a merchant who apparently moved from to Salem from Deerfield, Massachusetts. And he led a pretty prosperous life in the Salem village. And he, I guess, like, married and remarried on, like, four separate occasions. I guess, like, the his marriages are kind of, like, weird or something. Um, so his first wife, Mary, died while the couple lived in Deerfield. Rachel, who was his second wife, died in Salem village in 1743. He then remarried to Elizabeth Williams, who then died in 1753. And his fourth wife, Catherine, with a C, also lived with Bernard in the Ropes Mansion until Bernard's death in 1762. And then there's like a really lame joke about like the fourth time being the charm, I guess, because he married that many times and they all die. It's a little weird. Um, It can also be assumed that Rachel and Elizabeth perished on the property, though there are no accounts of any paranormal activity from them anyway. Then in 1768, Judge Nathaniel Ropes, which is where the mansion gets its name from, purchased the house from the nephew of Samuel Samuel Bernard. Ropes was at that time wealthy, though very unpopular attorney. He was also a Harvard graduate who, despite his disrepute, held a very impressive career. He represented Salem in the colonial legislation, and he later served on the governor's council. He was even a judge for the Inferior Court of Common Pleas by 1772. He was also appointed to the Superior Court of Judicature. So he had like a very impressive like resume and everything regarding that, but he was not very well liked in the town. Um, He was also a loyalist, which had become kind of a more disfavorable for the people of Salem after tax controversies. Um, judges had even been paid by the elected representatives of the general court, making them partial to the colonial interest, and the British therefore proposed that the crown provide the salaries directly. Colonists were very infuriated by that and by the crown, um, which would further impose themselves upon colonial life and demanded that judges reject the royal salaries. So there was a lot of that going on in the town as well. They actually also, due to kind of all of that, they did attack the Ropes Mansion in March of 1774 as well. So the Ropes Mansion was mobbed by colonists. Uh, They threw mud, stone, and sticks at the windows, and the colonists demanded that Ropes renounce his allegiance to the British crown. He never had a chance to, however. Um, He actually died the day after, and he was only 47 years of age. Apparently, at the time of the attack, he had smallpox. He succumbed to this disease the following day, although it's uncertain if the mob caused his death and the Ropes family felt that disturbances of the attack kind of hastened his infection. So I don't know if you remember when we went on the tour, they did talk about smallpox and how a lot of people got them and how it went through out the village and everything, and it really affected this family. Mm-hmm. So a little bit into more of why. He was not the only one with smallpox. At the time of his death, Salem Village, again, was overcome with the epidemic, The public resources were either very scarce or they were completely overpriced, um, which was inciting that marble head crowd uh, to set fire to the smallpox, to a smallpox hospital, which I also had no idea about. So that was kind of interesting to learn. Um, Their anger was understandable, although misplaced reaction to the public health crisis. There's a historian by the name of Andrew M. Werman, W-E-H-R-M-A-N, who detailed the account in the Boston Globe writing that on the surface, such an attack might seem inhuman or best ignorant, but it was a very calculated risk of that was kind of boiling over at this point. And 
at that point, they really kind of didn't know what else to do. So that's why they decided to do that. Um, so obviously, with everything going on with the British and everything, and now you add smallpox to the to everything, the tensions were very high. And there was eventually, I guess, like a smallpox inoculation, but a lot of people couldn't afford it. Those who could afford the vaccine were suspected of infecting Salem Village. Salem voted to cease the inoculation at the hospitals, and essentially this caused like a lot of excitement. So the accessibility of smallpox vaccine may have even contributed to the attack of Nathaniel Ropes. If Ropes had been inoculated as he could afford it, he may have spread the infection to those less fortunate, and that's what the mob may have thought at that time, at least a few historians believe that. So now getting to kind of a more exciting part than talking about smallpox. So today there is a legend in the house, um, the legend of Abigail or Nabby Ropes. So it's been obviously a long time since everything happened with the Ropes Mansion. But in 1839, Abigail Ropes met her tragic ending. Legend has it that at the time that this legend occurred, they believed that Abigail was Nathaniel Ropes' wife. However, it is now suspected that she may have been his daughter instead. However, supposedly, back in 1839, she met her tragic ending. Um, legend has it that she was burned to death in her dress while actually in the Ropes mansion. Yet, um, again, people were saying that the house caught fire and all this was happening. Turns out Abigail did not catch fire to the house. It was only just her dress. And Abigail was, in fact, Nathaniel's daughter, not his wife. Her dress had ignited from the mansion's fireplace and her petticoats went up basically in flames. There are, public, there are portraits in the public building in Salem that memorialized her death, establishing that Abigail, she had died unmarried from burns received when carrying coals from one room to another. Abigail's official obituary was more telling. It was reported to the Salem Gazette that she succumbed to a distressing illness of three weeks caused by her clothes accidentally taking fire. So although it's uncertain if Abigail died at that time or thereafter, Abigail or Nabby allegedly haunts the Ropes Mansion. There have been reports of her apparition um, throughout the history of the house. I guess there have been um, several things that have happened in the house. So tragedy did strike the Ropes Mansion back in August of 2009, where it did catch fire. The plaster ceilings were actually destroyed, as were the carpets and the wallpaper. The employees of the Ropes Mansion responded very swiftly, saying the majority of homes' artifacts were fine. There was a cause of maybe some suspected heat, or maybe there was a heat gun that had been used in exterior renovation. Others, however, suspected that it was the ghost of Abigail Ropes. There, and this wasn't the first time. Um, the Ropes Mansion actually was ablaze back in 1891. According to the history of the Putnam family in England and America, it basically did catch fire. And apparently it had been moved back from the street and is now the residence of Mrs. Ropes, who had kept the old house externally nearly as it was. But the interior is um, pretty was pretty damaged by the fire. So that does kind of bring up the point of like, is it haunted? Is it not? Um, there are superstitions that say that the Ropes Mansion is very haunted. Visitors have stated that they can hear sounds of Abigail's agonized screams. Some say that they can see her ghost. Others say that Nathaniel Ropes haunts alongside her. However, nobody's reported seeing anything for Rachel and Elizabeth Bernard. So maybe, maybe not. There have also been photos kind of taken over the years. Um, there was an image taken during an insurance appraisal that reveals two hands of a man seated on a couch, and it's a ghostly snap of what otherwise unseen suspector. Robert Hill also published a photo in Ghostly Haunts, writing that, and I quote, here the judge sits for a spell in front, on the front hall couch. After all, if you were wandering around this mansion for over 200 years, you'd want to sit for, for a while, wouldn't you? And as I said before, there have been, you know, a bunch of freaky fires that have happened that they don't really understand why. Um, there are accounts of the mansion's gardens, likewise also being haunted. Visitors claim to feel an icy touch of an unseen spirit, or they occasionally hear whispers of disembodied voices. So they're not sure if this is Abigail or if this is somebody else. 
It might actually be an employee by the name of Andy Bai who worked at the Rips Mansion in 1931 and he oversaw the garden until 1994. His employment ended only upon his death. So maybe that's who people are seeing and hearing in the garden. Today, you would definitely recognize it, like I said earlier, from Disney's Hocus Pocus. Um, the opulence of the 18th century home was very impressive backdrop for the film's Halloween party. So that's, um, I guess it's not Allison's house. It's for the Halloween party where all the parents were partying until dawn. I don't know. I feel like they mentioned Allison's yeah. house on the tour, though, but I could be wrong. I think they said... Yeah, I remember they were talking about, like, the front part, the front of the house. They always set it up with, like, the mm-hmm. hay and the candy stuff. Yeah. So, so I thought that was Allison's house. I feel like I have to go back and rewatch it, and then I'll know. So it's been renovated and relocated, but the exterior of the two-story home matches its 1894 reconstruction, and the Georgian property was then remodeled in a colonial revival style, uh, which is significant to the property's interior. And basically, um, in 1907, the Ropes Mansion was gifted to the trustees of the Ropes Memorial for the public benefit, who added a large garden to the property in 1912. Although the Ropes Mansion is closed during the winter months, the garden is open year-round, and you can also go and you can book a tour as well. It's also featured on several tours of just walking around Salem, um, from historical tours to the ghost tours as well, which is where Danielle and I learned about this home. Yeah, so, we need yeah. to do a nighttime ghost one at some point. Apparently, there's supposed to be, like, a really scary one for adults that I keep mm. getting ads for, and I don't know why I keep getting ads for it, but it looks really intense, and I really want to do it. <laughs> but I feel like if we do a nighttime one there, they'll probably end at, like, 9 or 10, so I feel like we yeah. should either, like, spend the night or go to your place. I don't think I yeah. want to drive back home after that. No, you can just come over. <laughs> Also, like, maybe in a year or something. It doesn't have to be. Like, yeah. Yeah. But, like, it just looks like, like there are cool places to hang out and restaurants and shops and stuff. So I would spend more yeah. time there in general. Salem but. is – I feel like Salem is such a weird town because, like, like, it definitely depends on the time of the year that you go because there can either be a ton to do and it's completely mobbed or you're, like, I don't know what to do. And, like, there's, like, nobody here. Right. So it's, like, so weird. So – I was, I remember, like, when we did the tour, he talked about, I don't know, a dozen different places, and the the Robes Mansion did stick out to me, just, like, has, like, a kind of, like, classic sad tale, and then all the kids ended up dying one way or another, too, it's, like, there, and then I remember those, like, whispers of a curse or something, I think the tour guide mentioned that, like. I remember him talking about Abigail. And how, like, she yeah. wasn't very well-liked. She was really mean. But it's also, like... Yeah, he remember he said that. But it's also, like, if your yeah. entire family, like, right. died within, right. like, a few months, like, I don't... Yeah. And you were alive, like, I don't think you would be too thrilled. And you had to mm-hmm. stay in that house because you didn't have anywhere really to go. I know, that's pretty messed up. And it's also, like, sad how she died because it was just honestly, like, yeah. a freak fire accident that happened all the time back then. Yeah. So... Hmm. Well, I guess it's cool you could still visit it. They didn't demolish it or anything. Oh, there's actually a house. How old is it? Like 1830s or something? That old house that's kind of near the library in Rockland. There's this house that looks like that looked really old and had like an actual plaque on it. 1830 isn't that old. I think it's something like 1830s. But it looked like slightly dilapidated, like oh. maybe no one was taking care of it. It was. It required you to sign a waiver in order <laughs> to go inside when they were selling it. So there was a for sale sign for months or longer, and then it was finally gone. So someone bought it. So then you saw like those classic, like the dumpsters in front, like it looked like something was happening, like they're cleaning through it or doing construction, and. It is an actual siding. It looks like they just repainted it, but they repainted it a like white beige color, and it look makes it look like so different now. Like it almost looks like moderny, and it's like kind of weird. Like Open. it almost lost its old Victorianness somehow. Built in eighteen twenty nine. Wow! Here, regular house speaker. Guess sir here. <laughs> That's 
Yeah, that's crazy. And I'm curious what the history is of that house. It's right in our town, and I don't know what was going on in, like, the 1800s, like... Mining? Not mining, I don't know. There are a lot um, of rocks here. <laughs> um, I think shoemaking. Didn't we learn that on the oh, trail? maybe. The there were a lot of trains that went ar- th- around this area. Most stuff. of the, the boots from either World War One or World War Two were made in Rockland or something. Oh yeah, there's a like it used to be uh, this train. There were all these tracks. They're not in use anymore, but now it's just like a area to walk. Mm-hmm. Dave and I actually did it a few weeks ago. It was pretty nice. Like the whole thing is six, seven miles, but we only did like two maybe of it. And there's like a little history plaque, like these trains were used for tax for shoes or something transporting. So I guess shoemaking was big here. <laughs> That's pretty cool, though. It's also interesting when like that they were able to do anything to the house because I feel like that would be considered like a historical landmark, and like you have to get yeah. a lot of permits to like. Do I know. Stuff. I'm wondering. Maybe, like, the buyers, it isn't, like, a family wanting to live there. Maybe it's, like, someone trying to flip it or, like, mm-hmm. going to use it for some kind of a business. Because it's, like, yeah, like, why would you, like... Dave and I looked at a really old house when we were looking for houses, and the really old ones, like, require so much work and upkeep. Like, it may be cheap up front because it's so old, but then there's so much work that has to go into it that... I don't know. Is it yeah. really worth it? Like, that's what we, like, yeah. And then we were like, I guess not, because we got a not as old house. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work. This is how I know I'm not, like, ready to, like, buy a home, because I just look at all of them, and I'm like, I don't want to clean that. I don't want to do the yard. No. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'm like, maybe I would have liked being in a nice apartment. <laughs> like, I think we did sort of rush the process of getting a house just because our last apartment was so terrible but mm-hmm. then now it's like it's like okay now i'm happy we did it right before covid because it's like insane now it's so, so i guess the timing actually was good <laughs> but yeah mm-hmm. yeah you don't want to feel like you're like rushed into getting a house like you want to like it's stressful but you want to kind of enjoy it or at least when you're looking at houses like you want to like wait for the perfect one so yeah you should take your time with it in general yeah i'm i plan to i'm not not ready not ready for any of it kids house Mm no no thank you not yet (laughs) i'm just Um, trying to get through like this year (laughs) yeah i know it's like I'm like, wow, I can't believe it's already June. But then at the same time, I'm like, it feels like things seem hard and days are long. It's like half and half. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Just like in general, I feel like there's kind of a vibe in the air. Like COVID stuff is still kind of a thing. And I don't know. It's like summer. So things are kind of more chill than previous. But it still feels like things aren't. I don't know. It still feels kind of tense to me, I think. Yeah, it's still in general. I don't know. Like it feels normal, but it's not normal, but like it's getting there, but like all this other shit is happening, so it's like I don't know what's going on. I just take it one um, day at a time. I guess that's kind of one of my always was like trying to think of a way to like verbalize it. And that's probably the best I can yeah. do. So yeah. also it looks like I'm not getting a refund from Air France, so that sucks. <sighs> But I didn't pay anything. It was a gift, but still, still yeah. frustrating. Still, so frustrating. I, I'm for sure gonna get a hard case one next time. I've always wanted one, and now it's like I don't have a big one anyway, so I'll just get a hard case. Universe is telling you something. Yeah, I think so, <laughs> and it has to be a pretty color too. I think so. There were these. I don't know if they are still around, but they were around for a minute. Where it was, like, you could take, like, a photo of yourself and, like, blow it up. So it's a photo of you on your suitcase. <laughs> I don't know if I knew that, but I have seen suitcases where there are, like, crazy designs on it. And it looks like it's a picture. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> People actually do it Like, themselves. a picture of yourself. Yeah. Wow. Like, and you can, like, like, I saw that and I was, like, 
that's amazing and also like brilliant like that's a great idea because then you're like no this is my suitcase because it looks like it's me that's so funny oh my god I could never do that but (laughs) I don't know I would I don't know I guess I'd be interested in meeting someone who owns that I would just knowing what they're like I would but it would have to be a really good photo like a really good (laughs) Like professionally done, like, like headshot. I think maybe one of like a cute dog, or I don't know, a pet could be okay. But one of like a photo of yourself, it's a little extreme. I think. Is um, it though? What if it's like your passport photo but blown up on a suitcase? I just got my new passport it's like and meta. <laughs> I just got my new passport, and my passport photo looks like a mugshot. Like a really, oh, really bad mugshot. It's mine actually looks pretty good, I have to say. It's and awful. my license photo. It's just like that good lighting. Oh, <laughs> mine just. And I, I get to have it until I'm 40 because now it won't expire until oh, wow. 2032 when we're 40, which is terrifying. I mean, maybe you could just request to get a new photo if you want it's fine i wonder how that works like if you like just want a different photo is there a way to just change it it's fine it took me eight weeks to get it back so I'm... oh yeah that's what mine was too i yeah. think it was about like I'm three good. months yeah but on the upside i went to a church event on sunday because we do like these concerts in the like backyard area where we have like food and stuff mm-hmm. and one of our representatives i don't know which representative of ours like came to like help support and he was like he was talking to me and then he was like wait how old are you and i'm like oh i'm 30 and he was like no you're not i was like i I, yes yes i am i'm i'm 30 wait where is he going with this He's like, you look like... I'm going in the worst direction possible if you don't give me more details. He's like, you look like you're 20. And I was like, oh, yeah, I get that a lot. I'm 30. And then did he just, like, moonwalk away when you said you're 30? No, he just looked at me weird. And I was like, I can go get my ID if you don't believe me. Like, I have my license in the car. But I get that a lot where people are like, you're not 30. And I'm like, yeah, I am. Unfortunately, yes. (laughs) Ugh. It's probably because, like, you usually go barefaced when I don't, I don't really wear a lot of makeup in general, but I've noticed when I don't have literally anything on, I get, like, things like that, too. Yeah. But, I mean, I usually don't wear a ton of makeup anyway, because my my face would revolt, first of all. But, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Which I have to say, there are more companies that are getting better with clean ingredients, I think. About I'm, like time. making an effort to like get better quality makeup before I just do like the cheapest things at Sephora, but so yeah, yeah that's a whole about other time. thing for about next time. week. My face <laughs> the is makeup a- industry. <laughs> My face is finally forgiving me for the early two thousands mm. crap makeup that I apparently was allergic to that I know better now. So I can do Tarte. I can do Tarte. Okay, Tarte is yeah. about the so only Tarte, thing I can do. That's the cleanest one that I know. Because it's vegan. Um, I can do Tarte and yeah. I can do mascara from Lush. And that's about it. Oh, I didn't know they made mascara. Yeah, it's vegan, all natural, super friendly. Oh, if it works okay. on me, it'll work on anybody. Trust me. But Interesting. What are you yeah. allergic to? Or is it like a mixture of things? It's a mixture of things. It's something in the dyes that like oh. make my face like freak out or break out okay. or get dry and tara has really me. good stuff i yeah. like your eyeshadow palette things their um their concealer is really good okay i don't think i've tried that their lipstick looks pretty too mm-hmm. yeah tart is yeah. good i like tart and price wise it's not like insane <laughs> for being better quality so and it lasts like a while too yeah 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 so. i need it you're only supposed to like have makeup for two years most of my makeup is older than your apparently it's like not as clean or maybe not good after about two years i've heard but i thought six months (laughs) (laughs) i heard six months 
My tart palette, I don't even remember when I bought it, so I think I need to get a new one. Like, I think it's been like, I don't even know, five years or more. (laughs) Like, it's bad. Yeah, I make sure to swap out mascara regularly, mm-hmm. like mascara, eyeliner, but things like eyeshadow, I think I need to like go through yeah. quicker. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another fun episode of Oi with the Terror already. If you want to follow us on Instagram, you can do so at Oi with the Terror already. If you want to follow us on Facebook, it's Oi with the Terror already podcast or those two might actually be reversed now that I'm thinking about it. If you have any stories or anything that you want us to discuss, you can email us at already at gmail.com. We do drop an episode every Thursday, or at least we try to. We Oh, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, really anywhere where podcasts are available. Don't forget that if you enjoy listening to us to leave a review um, or to encourage your friends to follow us as well. And we will see you all next week. Bye.